The Dallas Cowboys have been busy during the Pro Day circuit. Which guys have they taken a liking to so far in the process? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Lana McCool. Check him out at McCoolBCB. Lana, how are you doing today on this Friday? Good. I'm excited to talk about some pro days because I'm just excited to, as we get closer and closer to the draft uh, to hear more about these guys and uh, see who can be yeah. a good fit for us. So this is the time of year where we start to get hints as to who the yeah. Cowboys like, right? I can remember a couple of years ago, this is when we really started to hear about like Vanderesh, right? We started to hear a lot about the Cowboys being interested in Tristan Hill, uh, some more about Byron Jones a few a few drafts ago. So uh, if you're paying attention, you can start to narrow down some of the guys that the Cowboys like. Uh, let's start at Texas A&M. Uh, Kenyon Green and DeMarvin Leal. The Cowboys were at that pro day. Uh, both Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn were there. We talked about Kenyon Green yesterday. We don't have to talk a ton about him because you guys can go listen to us talk about him for about 10 minutes and how his fit is with Dallas. But the one that's really interesting here is DeMarvin Leal. Um, I actually did a little bit of a deep dive on him yesterday. Going into the season, he was projected to be a top five pick. And now he might not even be a top 50 pick. Uh, I know you've seen Leal a little bit. What do you think of the player? You know, I, I think the issue with him is is that generally, I, I mean, I, I know I'm not the only person who's going to struggle with where to play him. You know, I, I think he's... Uh, he's kind of the classic tweener in the sense that he's a little bit big. He's a super-sized defensive end. Right? Uh, Michael but, Parsons a good tweener. Uh, this well, is yeah, tweener. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. we call the we call the Michael Parsons versatile. You know, we call, mm-hmm. when they're bad, then we call them tweeners. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, in that sense, that it's 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 kind of a neither nor situation where you know he's he's a he's a super-sized defensive end who doesn't have maybe the kind of twitchy uh bendy traits that you look for for a lot of defensive ends uh and he is probably not big and strong enough to be playing full-time three technique but he's only 280 yeah so and that's the thing right 280 is like ooh, what do i do with you right you you could be a five tech uh in, in a one gapping scheme i think that guys like that have found success in those kind of schemes and, and, you know, look, guys like this have found success in, in four three fronts where they, you know, they play like a base end and then they kick down inside and rush the passer yep. as a three technique on, on passing downs. But, you know, I just – I watch him and, and a lot of these guys, you know, it's like it, it feels like they're constantly trying to put a square peg in a round hole mm-hmm. by knocking these guys inside. It's like, okay, he's big enough to last inside, but does that mean that he's actually any good at it? I haven't seen a ton. I mean, look, I haven't watched a lot of him, so I need to definitely do more. Uh, and, and so I, I, I'm relying on some of your reevaluation here. But from what I've seen so far, he looks pretty much like the classic guy where, hey, this guy's talented, but we need to find a way to use him because uh, it doesn't really make sense to make him a full-time defensive end. 
I think what's tricky here is when you see a guy that's that's built like him and he's 280 pounds and you're hoping they test like a really good athlete. You're hoping like yeah, he runs a sub four seven 40 yard dash and he's explosive and he just wasn't. I have his combine numbers right here. Uh, 6'4", 283, 33 inch arms, which is actually a little bit below average for like an edge rusher. Uh, five second 40 yard dash, 28 inch vertical, 106 broad jumps. You're talking about a guy that's like on the edge, a 10th percentile athlete. So not a great athlete. However, man, you see flashes of it. I encourage mm-hmm. people to go back and watch the North Carolina game from last year. I think it was the, the Orange Bowl that they played in. He was incredible in that game. I mean, making plays in the run, shedding blocks and making tackles in the backfield. He hit Sam Howell five or six different times in that game. And, like, you can see when he's on why you would want that player. It just doesn't happen very often. And is it going to happen in the NFL against better athletes? I don't know. Um, but I do think if he gets with a guy like Dan Quinn, I, I, I wouldn't hate it because I, I think there's a, there's some potential here, but it's, it's certainly risky. Yeah. I mean, it's this, these are the kind of guys, right. That like, I've always struggled with. with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, they're big and they're, 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 you know, oversized defensive ends that are not exceptionally athletic. You know, I mean, Six four two eighty with thirty three inch arms is like where do I where do I play this guy? It's a you know, weird it's, build. It's, it really it's is. a very weird build because it's like you, you'd want him to have thirty four inch arms if you wanted to play more of a five technique, right? At the at the minimum, yeah. you, you'd want him to be uh, a little bit heavier uh, and a little bit stronger if you wanted to play him at three technique full time. Yep. You'd yep. want him to be a little bit thinner and a little more explosive if you're going to play him at seven or nine technique all the time. So, yeah, I, I think he's he's kind of got that very classic tweener bod. I, I think you know his uh, the flashes I certainly have seen there, and I and I think you know, you talked about the Orange Bowl game. I, I, honestly, I think that's probably why he was getting a lot of top five oh gosh, hype, yeah. right? Yeah, is because you know you look at the bowl games and who's playing the best football at the end of last year. And you're like, Oh, this guy was blowing up. Let's put him at the top of my mock draft for, you know, uh, in, in uh, November of the, mm-hmm. the, the year before the, of the draft. So uh, yeah, I, I think that I understand why he got pushed up to a certain degree. I think right now he's suffering from, uh, from kind of not being that player after being artificially pushed up. And now, you know, teams, including and in, in draft folks like you and my, you and myself, are trying to figure out exactly what his real value is, right? Because he's just got so artificially right. inflated. He does have value, but he's not by any means, uh, you know, an elite athlete. In fact, his athleticism is probably working against him. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, you'd like to see more production if you're not going to see that athleticism, but you don't see that production consistently. It's tough, man, because you see him do it sometimes, and that's what scouts will tell you. If you've seen him do it before, they can replicate that. They can do it again. But I don't have a level of confidence that you know that he's certainly going to come in here and without a doubt be a, a contributor on an NFL team. So my guess is that the Cowboys feel the same way you know, that we do. Like They just don't know, and that's why they're at the pro day, and that's why they're having him in for a 30 visit. So they can find out either way because he is one of the more polarizing prospects in this class because he's clearly talented, 
But what happened this year? Why why wasn't the production super good? Why didn't he get better from his you know sophomore tape? I I don't know. And maybe they're trying to figure that out. I think when you see his body though, you're expecting him to be like Jonathan Allen, the Alabama yeah. defensive tackle, who was kind of that same size, right? Six four, two eighty three. You're wanting him to be a dominant player like that. And you just don't always see it. And, and you know, look, this is this is important stuff. And and, and getting this kind of context uh, is how you potentially get a steal later on in the yep. draft, right? Is if there's reasoning, if there's like a, a thought process there to why he didn't produce that well, then maybe you get uh, 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 the opportunity to get a very valuable player in a later round pick. And I think that also applies to someone. Um, like uh, Sam, is it uh, yeah, Williams? Sam Williams, Sam Williams from Ole Miss. Yeah, we're going to talk I, about I, him. Yeah, same sort of situation, right? Where uh, this is a talented player. We'll talk about it in a sec. But but there's he's probably going to get drafted later because of some off field stuff. Yeah. If you could wrap your hands around that, you might be able to draft a guy uh, in a later round that uh, is 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 a you know a benefit because you have the most information there, right? Yep. I think the same yep. thing with Lael, right? They're trying to get as much information to see, all right, is this guy a better player than his production showed us last year? Is this guy got more upside? Or are we able to get a steal in the fourth round in this guy because uh, because people don't see you know the, the context of why he was struggling last season? Um, you know, those, that's, those are the kind of situations are, are, are why the Cowboys have that really good scouting staff is so that they can – try to get those steals kind of in the fourth or fifth round where they just have more information than the other teams. And that helps them make the best pick. Yeah. Just to tie a, a knot on this one, uh, tie a high the bow on this one. Sorry. Uh, in 2020, his grade for PFF was 88.3. Uh, he had nine QB hits. He had 20 hurries. I mean, he had his, his pass rush grade was really good. Like phenomenal this year, the grades down, the sacks were up, but the quality wasn't quite as good. Uh, so you just you want to see like is was there something going on this year? Was he battling an injury? Was it a scheme change? I think those are just all things the Cowboys are going to try to learn about him over the next month. And I would not be surprised if this is somebody who Dan Quinn maybe likes a little bit. We saw Marlon Davidson, you know, in 2020. That's a guy that Dan Quinn drafted. Very similar, right? That was a second round pick, Marlon Davidson. Maybe the Cowboys are looking to do something similar. All right, let's talk about Sam Williams from Ole Miss. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball tournament season is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Bet online also released their win total odds today. Uh, they have the Uh-oh. Cowboys sitting at ten and a half. Does that feel right? I think that sounds. Yeah, I mean, okay. you know, look, we don't have all the information yet, so they're just it trying to get right people now. that are. It feels what? It feels right. Yeah. yeah, that feels appropriate for what we know right now. Yeah. I mean, you look at the rest of the NFC and who, man, if you are a competent franchise, you're going to win nine games in the conference. So shouldn't shouldn't be that hard. All right. 
Let's talk about Sam Williams. So I know a lot of draft shows have been talking about him the last couple of days. We don't have to spend a ton of time on him, but Dan Quinn went to Old Mrs. Pro Day. Uh, he did all the drills with, with Williams. Uh, he actually worked about on the side after the Pro Day. Very intriguing player. What do you think? Did you see the, the interview with him? Yes, and he was talking about Jerry Jones, and he I think it was one of his kids with him. He did have one of his kids with him, but dude looks exactly like Micah Parsons. Have you seen it? Like, especially yeah. like right in this area, like his eyes, it's crazy. Like, and everyone else has commented. And I, you know, I, it was funny that he mentioned Micah Parsons because it was like, uh, yeah, he just, he looks exactly like Micah. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, came onto the radar late. Uh, we, obviously, we all heard about, uh, uh, the Cowboys were interested in him and that they worked him out at the pro day. Um, you know, I, I, I think I, it's funny when I heard his name again, I was like, I swear, I know that name. And, and I did, I, cause I had remembered when he was suspended from mm-hmm. Ole Miss. Um, you know, I think that that's, again, like we talked about it earlier, this is a situation where they are potentially looking for bargains. You know, they're looking for a guy that's, I mean, we've all seen the numbers he's you know 250 plus pounds he runs a four four six uh he's got incredible uh uh jumps and and and, and, and he's got explosiveness he didn't do any agility drills and i think that that's probably a, a, a choice <laughs> uh yeah uh because i mean you watch the tape a little bit and he's he's not uh uh you know uh, flexing his ankle to, to no, kind of he, he's not that a bad corner and get guy. under right that's not his guy it's it, this is a power a speed power speed speed to power guy right like so uh i think that he has uh potential uh very good usage in in the nfl though i mean i, I think that that's you know winning around the corner may not be his edge but there's his, his, his way to win but there are lots of guys out yeah. there who play with his kind of game and have success and i think that he can uh, put pressure immediately on on quarterbacks just because he gets off the ball so quickly. Uh, obviously, the 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 big elephant in the room is what happened uh, with the situation uh, that was the dropped sexual assault case uh, while he was there that that caused him to be suspended. Mm-hmm. He had some other stuff, I think, also in high school as well. So there is some history there. There is some yep. stuff that needs to be investigated. That's kind of why a guy that is as talented as he. Uh, is you know potentially going to be available later than you know the first or second round, mm-hmm. uh, and that's and that's honestly why the Cowboys I think are kicking the tires on him is that absolutely they could potentially get a guy that could come in and give them you know contribution at the position uh, at, while still being able to use maybe their first two picks. I don't know I, video where this guy is. I don't, second, my, my guess is yeah, you're looking third, fourth round somewhere. Yeah, so if that's the case, then you, you know you could still go in there, get your wide receiver, get your offensive lineman, and still get a guy that you feel like in the third or fourth round that you can draft, and if he can keep his nose clean, can uh, contribute to the pass rush. You know, hopefully yep. right away. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I think you nailed the the whole situation. The only thing I would say is, um, I hate the old miss defense that has to basically play in like a four <laughs> technique or whatever. Yeah. It, it, oh man. It, it put me back to the days of watching Charles Tapper at Oklahoma. Yeah. And actually the that might not be technique. a bad, it might not be a bad comp considering Tapper no. was the same way where he was incredibly fast, but really couldn't change direction. I think he's better than that. I, he can't really bend, but you can still win a lot in the NFL. If you are explosive and you play hard, like you can will yourself, into a bunch of sacks like i think he could be a tack mckinley 
level player in the NFL if things work out right. And I think I kind of have a feeling that's what Dan Quinn sees here too. So if you're just getting somebody with rare speed off the edge and he busts his butt and he plays so hard, you can get a, a pretty good player here. Uh, you know, I think it's worth mentioning that maybe, you know, because of the way they used him a little bit, maybe there's some upside in his flexibility there. He's know, also because, pretty new to football. That's that's yeah. also going to help. So I, I th- there may be the possibility that you can get, you know, a little bit more flexibility out of him. You get him working specifically with some of these guys like uh, Chuck Smith or someone like that. You, you can kind of just help him, you know, loosen his hips a little bit, uh, just kind of, you know, get him doing those techniques. I mean, when you're playing for technique, you're not necessarily trying to dip underneath the table like like you are with a seven and nine technique. I mean, you're trying to get around or through a guy. So uh, there is, I think, potential there for him to kind of, you know, improve there. And, and you know, I, like I said, not that he necessarily needs it to be productive in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to some other guys the Cowboys have met with. Jelani Woods, the tight end yeah. from Virginia. They were at his pro day. The Cowboys tight end coach, as I think it's Luda Wells, I think, believe is yep. his name, uh, did his work out there. And the Cowboys have also put in a 30 visit for him. So there's clearly some interest here. Uh, you want to talk about a big athletic tight end. And according to the relative athletic score, the most athletic tight end in NFL history. So so can I tell you the sequence of events of how this like unfolded to me? Sure. Like, uh, so I had seen Jelani Woods – uh, you know, I, I like everybody else. I like to do the mock draft simulators. I like to see, you know, what, what the consensus is on a lot of these players. I am consistently seeing Jelani Woods as available for the Cowboys to pick, you know, in the fifth round, sure. you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I, I started to check him out, you know, cause I hadn't really seen very much of him. So I'm watching him and he looks, uh, he looks like a deer playing tight end or like, a like, you know, he looks, he doesn't look like he completely knows what he's doing, but it still was working like all the time. Like he yep. had no issues, like, you know, kind of, and, and, you know, the, the background here is that this is a guy who spent, I think three years at Oklahoma state as a wide receiver. Right. Mm-hmm. And then tr- I, I don't know the specifics, but I know that he transferred to UVA uh, to, and, and now became a tight end, and he and, and he kind of looks like a wide receiver playing tight end. Yeah. But yeah. I, I will say this: the difference between him playing tight end, uh, f- having been a former wide receiver, versus a lot of other guys that I've seen try to make that transition is that he is a much more physical player than oh I gosh, think a lot yeah. of the wide receivers that you see, yeah. and, and he has no issue. In fact, he enjoys mixing it up. So well, I, 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 I just want to tell you a play that I watched last night. I don't even remember who it was against, but they th- threw him a post. Uh, route and there was a guy on his back and the safety came up to try to dislodge the ball and woods caught it and the safety just crumbled right underneath him and like didn't affect woods at all and um, this guy is massive he is a he's, huge tight end he's very big and and and, and you watch it and he's just like he's kind of he's not graceful i guess is, is no, what it is. And, and, no. it, and it's because he i don't think he's you know, the grace at those positions come from doing those steps over and over and over and over yeah. and over and over. He needs running those routes out. over and over again. Yeah. He just needs experience there. But having said that, he just looked dominant. Like he was just because he was so much bigger and so much faster and stronger than everybody else. So as I'm reading this, as I'm watching this, I'm like, God, this guy's. And I even think I I, I DM'd you guys. I was like, have you guys watched Lottie Walker? Pretty. Yeah. And then as that is going on, Math Bomb starts tweeting out his his pro day numbers, and and I'm suddenly like, oh my God, he got a perfect 10 in the Raz and he's like mm-hmm. the most athletic tight end 
I think that they've graded in the database so far. Do, do you have the numbers in front of you? I, I do. So it's six, seven, and eight. Uh, 253 pounds, 82 inch wingspan. Uh, he's got a 461 40 yard dash. Uh, he has a 38 inch vertical. Uh, I can pull up the rest of the song. And even like the um, uh, the agility stuff is really, really good. Here, I got it right here. I just had to pull it out. I was looking at the, the mock draftable. Uh, yeah, 1 6 10 yard split, which is the fastest ever that we've seen from a tight end. The bench was 24. I mean, he is just he's incredible i i will say i first heard about him uh sigmund bloom and matt waldman were doing a shrine bowl preview basically of all the guys that were going to the shrine bowl and they were talking about woods and this is a unique tight end he's a little older 24 i know that's it hurts my wow. heart to say that, but Marcus uh, is really coming off his age. I, I know, thing, guys. I know. He just but, he, now that he's getting older, he feels a little bit more. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm old getting old now. Uh, <laughs> and and then uh, from everybody that was at the Shrine Bowl said he was by far the best player in the practices. He goes out and catches a touchdown in the game, and then I texted Eric Galco yesterday, just kind of asking about him. Hey, fifth, sixth round for Cowboys, and he said, I he might be there at fifty six. At 56, really? There is a lot of buttons in the NFL that he could potentially be tight end one in this class because I mean, just not a lot of guys that look like him. That's the thing, right? And here's the other thing that I tweeted about that I think is something that I've been screaming about for a long time. And I think, you know, this is something the NFL believes tight ends don't come into the NFL ready to go. They just don't. Like, you got to rebuild your tight end no matter who he is. Uh, when he comes in, Kyle Pitts, I mean, they're using him as a wide receiver while they're yep. trying to teach him the tight end position, which is probably what you need to do, which is can, you know, why you can justify taking him in the top five or top ten, yep. right? Yep. For it, but my whole thing is that short of Kyle Pitts, if you need a, a, a tight end, you're going to build your own. So if you're going to build your own, get the best athlete. Get yeah. the guy that has the yep. physical temperament. Get the guy that has the tools the uh, the tools you need to build a tight end don't don't try to get a guy who you know necessarily had incredible production but you know you still have to rebuild from the ground up and as an average athlete it doesn't make much sense so I'm not saying I'm certainly not advocating to go all the way the route of the uh, Baylor basketball player as your tight end but uh, I not (laughs) we've tried that I, I think that you know this is a great example where this is a guy has untapped potential has shown the ability has played tight end at a high level division one football not a ton but he's played it right uh i i think that these are the kind of routes that i would go when i'm trying to build a tight end because you just you're just not gonna draft a guy you know and who's just gonna be plug and play ready to play as a inline wide tight end it's just it's too difficult a position to learn yeah, I, I don't even remember where I saw it, but I saw that he has over 20, uh, you know, 30 visits that teams have requested. And he can't do them all. So he's just kind of picking and choosing the teams that he thinks would make the most sense because there's so many people uh, just interested in him as a prospect. And we know the Cowboys have a lot of interest. How high? I don't know. But this is one That's definitely 56. to keep an eye on. I like That's him rich. a lot. That, I, I mean, I really, really do like him for all the reasons I mentioned. But That's 56. rich, but – for a guy who's played one year of tight end, I think he had like 500 yards receiving or something. Yeah. He did have eight touchdowns, which I mean that kind of speaks to his you know mismatched nature. Yeah. But yeah. still, that is not a ton of experience or a ton of we'll production see. for a guy. We'll see if he goes that high. Yeah. Now, I, I, if I had to bet, I think he's a top 100 pick. That also might be. Listen, 
Eric Galco runs the Shrine Bowl. He's probably sticking up for his guy a little bit. Let's just good be, for him let's too. Be honest. Should yeah, good should. for him. I and mean, this is what he yeah. should be doing. Uh, I still top one hundred pick all day. That's that's. Uh, we got another tight end that the Cowboys are really interested in. Uh, I want to talk about him next, but let's uh, tell you guys about Built Bar. This time of year, almost everybody has given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not us. We are sticking to ours to eat better, thanks to Built Bar. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of nut carbs, and it's not even really a contest. Uh, they've got so many great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, another really interesting tight end that the Cowboys have shown a ton of interest in is Charlie Kohler from Iowa State. Obviously, they saw him at the Senior Bowl. Kellen Moore went to Iowa State to watch him work out, so did Luda Wells. Um, Kohler is somebody that I've liked for a while. We've mentioned him on the podcast, but I did not expect him to test as well as he did. Uh, at his pro day, he was six foot six and a half. He ran a four six seven forty. He had a thirty five inch vertical. He had a ten foot broad jump. And his three cone was six nine eight, which is pretty incredible for a guy that big and at that size. So I like Kohler. I think he probably projects more as a tight end two than Jelani Woods does right away. Uh, have you seen him yet? I haven't seen much, honestly. I, I think I've watched some you know YouTube clips of him, but I haven't like actually studied him yet. So I mean, he looks he looks the part of of everything you're saying, and I certainly didn't see. That kind of athleticism. You're, you know, once on you do tape. a deep dive on him, you are going to love him because he's just one of these guys that is so big and knows how to use his size. He's not like overly dynamic after the catch, but when you're that big and you just fall forward every time, I mean, it's it's really hard to stop him. I, I, I he reminds me a lot of Cole Clement coming out of Notre Dame a couple years okay. ago, and I think he might even be a little bit more fluid. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I'm I'm all for. I like those type of tight ends, the guys that, you know, that are that are big that you can that can move bodies off the line, and then you know just, they're just big targets in the middle of the field for your quarterback. And yeah, maybe they're not like you know running through the secondary after they catch, but getting ten yards and then falling forward that works as well. That gets you yep. the first down too. So, yeah, and uh, looking at PFF uh, and their stats, he's graded at least uh, 85 in three straight years at Iowa State. Uh, he. He's a well above average blocker. He doesn't drop any passes. He's number one in contested catch rate for them, number one in yards after the catch for them. I mean, he's just been really, really solid for the last couple of years. Uh, the last couple of guys that we should talk about are the two Ohio State receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Kellen Moore went to watch them at Ohio State. Chris Olave, I believe I saw that he's going to be a 30 visit for the Cowboys. Um, is that surprising to you at all? No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, the Cowboys have a spot for a wide receiver to draft, and I had Chris Olave as I think my my favorite wide receiver in this class as it as it stands. Um, you know, I I think for the Cowboys, Williams would be a better fit, and Williams might be. I like Williams and Olave almost very yeah. similarly. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I think I think it makes a lot of sense that they would go through and look at these at these wide receivers, and certainly doesn't make any, certainly isn't surprising they're looking at Garrett Wilson either. I I think Garrett Wilson's you know the, all these guys are all I, I think very similarly ranked. They're all very different players, and they probably but, have no idea which who's going to go early and who's not. Like I think once you get past the first eleven picks, who knows who knows who might fall to you. It's going to be ice cream with these with these wide receivers, you sure. know. It's it's Baskin Robbins, as as Brada says, like because each one of these yeah. guys has got a completely different set of skills, like, and they're all going to be used in completely different ways, and so teams are going to value their skill sets differently. So, you know, some some teams are going to have the USC kid because he's big and strong, and and, yep. and, and and he's you know they they like having a possession receiver. Other teams are going to look at him and say, you know, he looks. He looks a lot like Treadwell, you know, and then, or looks like a lot like these other guys that, uh, you know, that we said, oh, don't worry, they can't separate, but they can get into the league and, and, and they'll catch the ball and not, you know, they, they don't. So some guys are going to look at Garrett Wilson and and and, and Alave and say, uh, you know, we, we need a little bit more uh, size, you know. So I think that they're going to stack all these guys differently. They're so and, – and that's the other thing too is that there's like six of them that are all really good, you know, and so – they just um, need to know when they're on the board. If Garrett Wilson would happen to fall to them, is that somebody that we feel comfortable taking at twenty-four? Would I feel like certain that, them? yeah, I feel certain they have a preference. But you're right; like you got to be prepared for the scenario where suddenly Olave's in a free fall. You know, like though we want the faster guys or we want the bigger guys, and we feel like Olave is neither nor, and he falls into your lap at twenty-four. Are you going to take the best route runner in uh, in? And coming out in the draft this year, absolutely. But you got to be sure that he fits your team. And so, if you haven't done any of the due diligence there, yeah. uh, you need to be prepared. And, and, and this draft, more than any, I mean, not even just wide receivers, it, it could go a whole bunch of different ways. Oh with, gosh, with, no. with the lack yeah. of, of top top end quarterbacks and defensive ends, uh, I mean, you say what you want about Thibodeau and, and uh, uh, Hutchinson. It's like it's the top of the draft could be crazy, which will obviously filter down to the middle of the draft. So the whole first round could be a complete crapshoot. So you really just you have to have an idea of what these guys are like, uh, because any number of them. I mean, it could be 20 different guys that could end up at 24 that you like. You got to you got to know all of them. Yeah, I think they also went to see Jeremy Rucker, at the tight end, but he was in a walking boot. Didn't work out at the combine, didn't work out at the pro day. I know he's somebody that we talked about early in the process as maybe a second or third round pick. Now it's a little scarier. That's it's just it's just I hate seeing these kids get injured, yeah. you know, during this process, you know, or 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 you know, it's just because there's it's just not a lot separating Jeremy Ruckert from the next tight end. And if you're talking about a guy that might not be available during off season stuff, go easily in another direction. Like it would not surprise me at all. We're talking about. Jeremy Ruckert on day three as an option for the Cowboys in the fourth round. Now um, it's too bad for him because he's a, a very talented tight end. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube, uh, Locked on Cowboys over there. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCool BCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. Have a great weekend, everybody.